Welcome back to the Bones Cave, animals. This is Dr. Bones. This is Professor Bones. And you've entered. What's that? The Bones Cave. I already said it. Say it again. Ah, the Bones Cave. Bones Cave. <laughs> All right, this time, the doctors come up with the topic. Are you ready, Professor Bones? I am ready. You got your brain on right. Yep. The front part facing forward. Yep. Okay, let's take it back to a little year called 1996. Okay. Where we see the beginning of the Mission Impossible series. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, 1996. Yeah, right? Wow. It's bananas. Okay. Yeah, it took a while for the next one. It was like, uh, 2000. The longer the better. Yeah. <laughs> Make me wait for it. Make me really wait for it, guys. It is a series that, uh, it took a while between installments. That's fine. It's like, you know, uh, four or five years sometimes. Depends on the movie. One every ten years. <laughs> You could, but good God. Why not? I mean, how's he gonna kick so many faces so well if we're waiting decades between movies? Cause he's Tom Cruise. He's Ethan Hunt. Woo! He can do it. Yeah, I suppose he could. So here's the first thing I want to slap at your face. Okay. About Mission Impossible. It's the first one. Yeah, well, we're, uh, let's talk about all of them. We're talking about the whole series. Oh, yes. Okay, all, all five. five so far. Okay. Well, you know, they're making six, but it's not even, you know, there's no trailer yet or anything. As far as I know, they're not even shooting yet, so, you know. It hasn't been ten years. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been ten years yet. But, uh, they got this thing that, uh, you know, you see some other movies do. Where they feel compelled to, uh... Keep doing the type of stuff they did the first time. Sure. They got the first one. We got a big set piece of that movie. Is Ethan Hunt dropping into a pressure-sensitive room in the heart of the CIA building mm -hmm. to steal the knock list. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's hanging from a rope. And he's got to be real careful. Yeah. He's almost hit the ground, but not. Mm -hmm. You know, we got that in the first one. In the second one, they're like, hey, remember that? Y'all loved it, right? Yes, I did. So we're gonna drop Hunt into from a helicopter down into the biosite building. Cause he's gonna steal the virus. Right, yeah. He's slowing down again on a rope and then almost hits the ground. That's what he does. Beep bop boop, that's what I'm doing. It's Mission Impossible. Mm -hmm. We do it again at number three. It's later. It's, it's much smaller in that one. We got a... Yeah, what are they doing three? They're, uh, they're at one part. They're breaking into the Vatican City and uh, he uses like a little rope mechanism thingy. He walks up the big wall, gets up there, messes with his security cams, and then he rolls off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, boom! I almost hit the ground. You see yeah. that? It's the hey. same thing. Mission Impossible. <laughs> then in four, yeah. we do it again. We got Brant. We're gonna stick him down in two. He's wearing like a chainmail outfit. He's yeah. gonna almost hit a fan, but he Magnets. doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, we give it to somebody else this time. I liked it. Yeah, that's cool. And then in five, we do it again by, uh, you know, Kind of. It's it's an evolution of the idea, but he's got to jump off this big old platform. This time he's not on a rope, uh -huh. but he's got to jump from this big old platform all the way down into this like sinkhole oh, yeah, of water. water. Yeah, yeah. And he's gonna go into the liquid cooled, you know, computer room. Yeah. No, almost hit on that one. No, almost hit, but a, again, a big drop a big jump. Yep. into danger. And then he's gonna like swim. I guess he's horizontal in that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he'll swim a lot. Looks like he's hanging off a rope, sorta. Yeah. You know, they do this over and over again. They do the, the same idea in Mission Impossible with like, uh, it's a little bit of a different concept, but you know, he's, he's hanging off a really fast train in one. He's rock climbing with no rope in two. Uh -huh. He's, uh, What's he doing in three? He's jumping off a building and swinging to another one and then letting go. It's a big stunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of involves, you know, high acrobatics. Yeah, the fourth one, he's climbing up the skyscraper. He's on yeah. the last, like, Spider-Man. Yeah, the Burj Khalifa, like the tallest building in the world. Yeah, just crazy climbs. It's insane. And then five, he's hanging off an Airbus, like, transport plane and while it takes off. Oh, yeah. Like, they're doing big stunts where he's dangerously hanging off of stuff. Yeah. It's kind of the thing. They do it, like, they, they almost feel like Mission Impossible. We gotta do some version of this. You gotta. And, like, when you see this uh, in things like Terminator, mm -hmm. they sort of do it. It's mostly dialogue. They yeah. do it. They do other stuff. Same, but different. But, uh, like, come with me if you want to live. Yeah. Come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. Get in! 
You want to live? Come on! Come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. Like, they almost feel like we, it's not a Terminator movie if we don't do it. That, that I'm not too crazy about. I mean, that one just kind of let it go. With the, with the Mission <laughs> Impossible stuff, yeah. it's like, this is what he does. This is what he's good at. It's the way that he throws his body around and, he, you know, he's got the agility and stuff. It's very physical. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not super strong, like, buff guy. No. Nah. But he's got huge balls and, you know, what he can oh, do man. is he can climb and he can hang and he can jump. And, you know, he's got no fear. And they do a lot of, you know, repetition stuff, like the motorcycle stuff. And like yeah, two, and then a lot of five, motorcycle and stuff. Back, and five in the masks, you know. Well, yeah. Uh, that mean, you that, have that, to do. Mission Impossible stuff. So that's like, I don't mind when somebody's going to pull off a mask and be like, you thought it was that guy. <laughs> it's me. You know, <laughs> got you, sucker. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's it's kind of the same. It's They run the same play because it works, you know. Yeah. It's not broken. Get back on that motorcycle, you know. Like, Get back on that motorcycle. It's, it's cool, but I find it intriguing, right? Like, it's sort of, where do you find the balance? I do feel it in Mission Impossible. They do it pretty well. Mm -hmm. You know, I like the evolution of it. One and two, they're sort of like the dropping and hanging from a rope. It's, mm -hmm. it's almost the same between the two of those, but it's different enough. In that second one. They don't they don't linger on it. He's not trying to like maneuver in a room again. He just falls, tries to not get noticed by a security guy, and then and then he's done. He's off the rope and he's in the building. Mm -hmm. Like it's good. And then three, they're like, ah, it'll be slight. Yeah. Just seconds. Uh, I think the reason it works is because every time they do it, it's cool. You know, when, he, when he's climbing up the skyscraper in four. Oh, man. You know, it's, it's like just... that. This is like, you know, the second one when he's climbing the rocks. But it's different. And it's cool. And it's yeah. it's super, uh, you know, stressful. It's tense. Oh, man. It's like he's doing the same thing. But, like, I still care. It's like saying, hey, we're watching Fast and Furious. Guess what? They're going to drive some cars. Like, <laughs> they better drive some cars. They're going to do it really fast. You know? And get this. Maybe Furious. Oh. oh. Really mad about it, but <laughs> you know what I mean. You're, you're kind of building it into the DNA of the story that it's not just like, oh, they're doing it again. It's like, no, it's always like, yeah, do yeah. it because that's what I want to see. You get it. That is sort of yeah, right. Like it is part of the balance that I think they're pulling off beautifully. Is that like it does? It evolves every time, and it is core enough to the concept where it is like, well, yeah, I want to see something like this at least. Like, and then you show me Tom Cruise scaling the tallest building known to man right now, and you're just like, good God. <laughs> like, they, and they shot it mostly on IMAX cameras. And you're like, oh, my God. I am so terrified for you right now. This is fantastic. It is really good the way that they build the tension. And, like, you know he's not going to get hurt. You know he's going to be all right. I was like, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm still with you. I'm digging it. And he really did do it. Like, he was just, yeah. you know, he had the same thing Ethan Hunt had. He had that cable. Yeah. And, like, hey, I'm not going to die. I'm just going to run around this building like a freaking gymnast. It's like, what? Oh, I'm scared for you, buddy. But it's awesome. It is. It's part of the best, you know, it's one of the best parts of the series is the stunts. Yeah. And when they can deliver on that, you know, if you're built around it, you got to do it. Yeah. You know, and you're, when you're consistent, and you can build on the last ones, but then do it a little better or do it different or show you something I didn't think you were going to do. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you guys are doing a good job. We're five in and, you're, you know, I'm excited for the sixth one. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be freaking awesome. It, you know, and uh, it's interesting how they're all different, right? It's, it's a very specific, you know, choice that they're making. They've had different directors every time. It looks like the sixth one's gonna be, you know, uh, directed by the same guy who did five, Christopher McQuarrie. Then that'll be the first time that they're having the same guy come back. I hope he does something different, though. I hope he's yeah. got, like, a, Yeah, I hope he does. I got a new style going, because that's, that's part of the... Part of the charm. I love about the series is that every time they specifically say, new director, but don't just do what we did last time. Yeah. Do something completely different. Yeah, don't come in and just make it feel like the same style. I want, I want you here to do what you do. We had De Palma in the first one. And it was sort of a, you know, just a double-cross-heavy espionage-type movie. It's a lot like the show. Yeah, I suppose so. We get the second one, and we get arguably my favorite. We get John Woo. And it's just, oh. It's bananas. It's, it's beautiful. It's a lot like uh, Face Off, you know. It's a lot, I mean, like the stuff yeah. that he was doing at the time, but like, I really liked what he was doing. Oh, well, yeah. That time, I, I loved the I loved the action, man. I loved the way he just amped it up like crazy and made it kind of poetic, you know, and made it really stylized. Yeah. It had that feeling, you know. I, I expect to see Chai Young Fat showing up in this movie. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Blowing some people away. And he's like, no, I mean, come on. I'm making a Mission Impossible movie here. See that and like it's Ethan Hunt. I was like, Pretend is he's it got Jagger on Fat's face? Yeah, is it Ethan Hunt or you know? But 
the way the style that he brings to it of just the heightened reality. Yeah. Just let's go big, man. I mean, it's called Mission Impossible. Why are we playing it like it's real and it's espionage and it's double cross? That worked for the first one. That's yeah. what the show was back in the day, you know. And then the second one, it's kind of like let's roll into this idea of what this is, man. It's called Mission Impossible. Yeah. He's kind of a superhero, but he's still a human man. But you know, I want to see yeah. him doing backflips off a motorcycle, man. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Face jumping out of a building, two guns in his hands, just like, wow. Yeah. You know, let's do it. It's such a great example. Like, and I think the series in general is a great example of what we're talking about when we say style. When we're talking about the cubby, it's all about style. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Take a look at these different Mission Impossible movies. And, like, they all involve at least the same main character. You're going to see a lot of Ving Rhames. You're going to see a lot of uh, Simon Pegg along the way. You're going to see some Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. You're going to see some recurring characters. But it's in its ostensibly the same general world, story-wise. It's the, you know, the impossible mission force. Mm-hmm. But they're very different ways of doing these stories. Everybody came. They threw some heat at number two. Some people. Yeah, because it was, you know, nobody knew they were doing that. You saw the first one. You like it. Yeah. You do another one. You're like, okay. Well, it's completely different movie. Movie. You're like, what? what? Where's the stuff from the other one? Yeah, there like, wasn't enough of a pattern built yeah. up yet. The third one, everybody was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, yeah, they do new director, new style, new take. Not yeah. just the same team, new mission, but like literally it's a different interpretation of the material. Yeah. Which nobody else is doing that. So, you know, they were setting some groundwork there and they're blazing the trail. They had nobody else to point to and be like, well, we're just doing what Die Hard did. Die Hard didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, not really. You know, nobody else did this. Yeah, That's it was unique. What really attracted me to the series. And what I thought was really cool. Yeah. Like, even if you really like two, I don't go into three saying, hey, give me more of that. It's like we already yeah. did it. You know, it's not going to be that either. Yeah. Like, and we've already done it, leave it behind. Yeah. But like, they it's just, it's so awesome how different two is. Like, they're all fairly different from each other. But like, watch that second movie. And we've just got like a, just a baked in, like, sensuality to it. Oh, yeah. It's really sexy, man. Yeah. And like, they, they went out of their way. Not only, it's not just in like, any of the tension between Hunt and Naya, and like, you know, oh, she's like a sexy jewel thief type person, and he's here, and like, yeah, he's secret agent Ethan Hunt, but like, he's throwing looks at her across this flamenco dance, like, (laughs) they very deliberately put it there between, you know, they're walking around these flamenco dancers, or it's very, everything seems like it's a hundred degrees out right now. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's poetic, like I was saying, you know, it's, he was bringing not just the action sentimentality of it, but like, the whole movie is saturated with a kind of romantic, exaggerated sense of reality where everything's just turned up, man. Amp it up. The excitement's there, but the romance is there. The intrigue is there. You know, the violence itself is just really exaggerated. And it's balletic. It's just like... It's It's meant to be beautiful. Like... Uh Pageantry. Yeah. There it is. And sensual and like... And he does it with the music. Mm. He does it with his utilization of slow-mo and stuff. Like, he's just at every turn John Woo's just like, let me just bathe you in this. Yeah, throw some curtains around and then let some white doves out, you know? Like, yeah, let me uh, set stuff on fire. These doves are going to yeah, fly out. And like, fire. you might think it's ridiculous. It's not. It's awesome. It's if, beautiful. If you expected to see the first one continued, I would understand why you would say, what is this? <laughs> then yes. But when you come in clean and you're like, show me something. I know it's John Woo. Yeah. I know your work. I know what you do. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. yeah. Possible. Especially if you know what he's about, you're, yeah, you're going to come into this going, oh man, give me you doing Mission Impossible, it's great. Delivered. He did, it's just, it's just such an awesome little whirlpool of music, speed, action, visceral, like high emotional, like it's, it's a very arguably sparse plot. It's very, it's, it's clean, it's very, we're not going to delve too deep into character work. Hmm. We're going to keep it more focused. You know, they, they apparently uh, designed quite a few of the action set pieces before they had a script. Cool. Before they brought Robert Town in to do a lot of the writing, they, he, he he said they already worked on a bunch of stuff they knew they wanted to do. So then I'm building a story around like, well, you want this car chase and them spinning around each other almost off a cliff. You got this, you got that, you got these different motorcycle chase and then beach fight type stuff you want to do. How do I justify that? How do I build a story that makes that make sense? I mean, I, I hear that uh, I haven't looked into it that much, but Fast and the Fear kind of works this way they talk about stunts and they talk about set pieces before they really 
Ridley. Yeah. I've worked out all the details. I was like, yeah, I know, but like somewhere in the middle of this movie, I went <laughs> up driving this car through three skyscrapers. Yeah. You know, I was like, <laughs> you I mean, gotta get me to that place. You gotta get me, me flying fly these cars through three skyscrapers. Why not? It's a, you know, and that is an acceptable way to write a movie. It's fine. Yeah, right? It's an action heavy movie. This makes perfect sense that you're building it around concepts of what do we want to achieve? What do we want to do that you haven't seen before? It makes good on the promise of what this series is about. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the most important part for these movies. Yeah. We can't mess that up. <laughs> no. You can't come at Mission Impossible and be like, I don't know, whatever. Have them sit in a cafe and argue about it. Lots of talking. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, you can try. But man, you're going to disappoint a lot of people. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Like Aaron Sorkin version of Mission Impossible. <laughs> Peter Bogdanovich wrote the next one, guys. Oh, oh boy. I'd watch it. Oh, I'd show up. Would I like it? I don't know. But, oh, boy. I don't know, guys. That'd be tough. It's not really his thing. <laughs> Just Ethan Hunt behind a computer for two hours, you know? <laughs> I'm a hacker now, guys. Watch me hacking. He cock hook. <laughs> You know, and, uh, and we got enough movies with the series so far. We got five as we speak right now. You know, and uh, we got enough to take a look at, like, what are the what are the seven seasons have to say about Mission Impossible? You know, it fits pretty well for these for these five so far. I remember yeah. thinking about it when I was watching five. Yeah. You know, Rogue Nation being specifically about a cabal of bad guys. Yeah. And like this this fits a lot with five. I I like what you're doing right now. Yeah. The Syndicate. They even go and say an anti -I Nice! That, this is great! We, yeah! We've got like a friggin' shadow version of us! That's fantastic! They've also got a very clear-ish delineation between the eras. We got, you know, a season one, two, three. We got Mission Impossible one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. And they're all an era of, you know, the IMF is here. It's an organization. This is what we do. We go off on impossible missions. That's never questioned in those first three movies. Mm -hmm. That's always present. You know, in, in one and two, it's almost identical. One, he's, you know, yeah, there's a little bit of, like, double crossing. And, like, people aren't doing what you thought they were. And, like, hey, there was, like, a whole other team. And we got, we got a mole on the team. And he sold us all out. And he's trying to kill us. But that's all you know, part and parcel for a spy espionage movie. Mm -hmm. Two, he's on vacation. Hey, we need you to go do all this stuff. You know, okay, cool. It's like, it's just a mission that I'm doing. Yeah, it's just picking up where the first one left off. Yeah. You know, six months later, whatever it is. Yeah, we got the third one, and like, between movies, he's kind of hung it up as a field agent. He's uh, more of a mentor training new recruits. Yeah, and a lot of that was because it'd been a long time since they made a Mission Impossible movie. They tried to like, kind of keep it. It'd been a while, yeah. In the timeline. It's like six like, years. Years, you know, I think. Yeah, it's been it's been seven years since the end of the second one or whatever, and you know he's he's older and he's teaching and he's you know he's kind of retired but not quite. Yeah, he's looking to settle down and all that. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a lady, he's a fiance there. It's kind of like the end of his main career. Yeah, it almost feels like it's coming to an end. His career in IMF, his being badass Ethan Hunt, almost over. Yeah, at the end of three. I mean, he does hang it up, right? He gets married and he. Well, yeah, he does kind of get you know, like he, he walks up into the sunset. Yeah. To go on his honeymoon. He settles down. He's like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only later we come back for four, and now we do have a new era. We open that fourth movie. He's in prison. You know, his, uh, where, yo, wait, hey, what happened to your life? Like, I thought you were married and stuff. What happened? Yeah, stuff happened, man. <laughs> yeah, we got, you know, they tease it as a reveal as we go forward in the story. Mm -hmm. You know, but we got, like, another character. We got that Brent guy, Jeremy Renner. And he's like, oh, you know, I was supposed to be in charge of them. Their security as they tried to go off and live a normal life. And I failed. You know, Julia, his lady, she died. She got killed by these Serbians. And, and then, you know, Ethan killed them. <laughs> And then he went to jail for it. She's dead. I feel responsible. This sucks. And you're like, oh, wow. And then it turns out it was all just a fake out. It was Ethan set it up so that his wife could have like a new life, fake her death so she could live in peace and not, you know, worry about her safety for the rest of her life. Yeah. And he could get into prison to like infiltrate that prison. It was yeah, all a game. It's, it's basically like, hey, man, I tried to settle down. I got married. It didn't really work. Mostly because I got to do the impossible missions, man. I got to hunt it up. That's who I am. That's what I got to do and it puts her in danger and it was like he tried it didn't work yeah so, there's... you know he took care of her in a like I'm gonna protect her but get her the hell away from me man <laughs> yeah so I can get back to business and it is a new era for his life and if you were doing it as a show that'd be a really good season four and a way to pick it back up and I like the fact yeah. I started giving it subtitles you know I liked yeah. it was Mission Impossible Mission Impossible 2 MI3 and then they're both like nah man slap a title on it like we want it to feel a little different yeah you know Ghost Protocol Boom. It's not 
not Mission Impossible 4. It's Ghost Protocol. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Yeah. And like, and, so like, it is definitely almost a new era, a bit of a shakeup for his personal life. Mm. But it's also, you know, Ghost Protocol is all about how like the IMF as an organization has been disavowed. Yeah. Like the government has been like, nope, you're out. Screw you. It's over. So like the whole team is running off lest, you know, the, the American government or anybody else come capture him, take him out, whatever. Yeah. It's a whole one, two, three. IMF was like a respected agency that operated in secret, did cool stuff. In four, nope, it's all over. Shake it up. Shake it up. Destroy the organization. You gotta, you're on your own. You got a safe house or something. You got resources you could use, but, but as an organization, you're done. And that even, that, you know, continues forward into five, into Rogue Nation. Mm-hmm. It's, we're having hearings about like, hey, you're a dangerous organization. We're gonna like dismantle you, reabsorb what's left into the CIA. We told you you were done, but you're still doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, we noticed you didn't stop. You know, yeah, and yes, right. you succeeded yes. at the end of four. Correct. You, you mm-hmm. did some good stuff but like hey we still said you were you were supposed to be done you're ghosts yeah you were supposed to be ghost protocoled uh, nah. <laughs> yeah it's a I'm cool era stuff up, man right they blew up the kremlin yeah by got, accident uh framed you know, framed. framed for it but like hey, holes, making them look like hey they did it oh god fired on the radar you just blew this thing up on the news Woo! Like, nah we didn't do it i was like well it looks like you did yeah it looked 100 percent like they did <laughs> but they didn't but it was a good setup and again more espionage stuff right yeah you gotta you gotta staple them to the wall looks like they <laughs> took out the kremlin that's a bad idea guys you know what i think would be cool man what's that bring back john voight <laughs> bring him back he's not dead you thought he was dead no he's not he pulls his mask off oh man and it's alec baldwin's i don't know <laughs> That uh, wouldn't be cool. It'd be just weird. <laughs> it'd be weird. He was, you know, I, you know, I was, uh, was recently made uh, made aware that uh, he was playing a guy named Phelps, right, mm. in that first movie, and that was a character on the original show. Was I never saw the show, so I don't know. But... Yeah, they they uh, they invited characters or actors rather from the show to like, hey, you want to show up and do the movie? You want to do that? They read the script, no. especially with Phelps. <laughs> they were like, he turns out to be a mole scumbag. Yeah, he does. He was the main guy on the show. You're taking a dump on the character. <laughs> yeah. And so, they, so none of them signed up. To, they didn't like the movie, I guess, when it came out. Cowards. But, man, it would have been pretty sick, actually, if they'd showed up for that. I think that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, just bridge the gap and like, yeah, okay, fine. He turns out to be a scumbag selling out for, you know, money or whatever it was. But it would have been cool. It would have been, you know, it's like it's like making, uh, you know, Steve Trevor, Captain America, Hail Hydra. <laughs> and everybody loses their minds. You're like, eh, it's at least dramatically interesting, guys. Yeah, let's see what where it goes. Everybody calm down. Yeah, like Let's see yeah. what's going on here. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I mean, with Phelps, you know, it wouldn't end well. No. But it would be cool. I would enjoy it. I mean, I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah. It's Mission Impossible, man. I mean, you, you think somebody's dead. They're not dead. You think they're this guy. They're not that guy. No. You think they're your friend. Nah, they betray you. And vice versa. You know, I mean, you can literally do anything as long as you keep it somewhat realistic. It's heightened, exaggerated reality. Yeah. But you told me John Voight's still alive. I'd be like, okay. I could buy oh, it. Carrie Let's Russell's still alive. Like, really? <laughs> I saw her die on screen in <laughs> yeah. three, but you're like, nah, nah, sure. she's fine. She's, she's back. Like, she's All back. right, man. Zombie science. You know, if, if that's what we're doing. Season six. Mission Impossible six, it's all about zombies. You're like, that would be animating the dead. Woo. That's pretty impossible, guys. Hey-o. It's not difficult. It's impossible. Yeah, they probably shouldn't do that, but you could. It'd be impossible. a little too, a little, uh, a little out there fantastical, but yeah, you know, whatever. Bing Rams with a shotgun just taking down zombies. <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. It's not that crazy. We're not getting that far out there, you know. Yeah, that'd be weird, though. It would be weird. Don't do it, but, you know. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, they're, they're pretty damn good action movies. Uh-huh. Do you have any particular takeaway? Anything that you, you look at the five so far, and you're like, you know what? This is something uniquely to Mission Impossible that they do very well. Like as an action series that just uh, defines them yeah. from other stuff like Die Hard and, and Fast and Furious and Terminator and yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I like franchises like this. You know, I like when they keep going. and It's it's cool. Like, I really like yeah. the Rocky movies. I think I already mentioned that once. Yeah. You know, I, I like to see the seven seasons in movie form. And not necessarily something yeah. like Harry Potter, where you're adapting the books. And, like, it's seven, and it's a one continuous story. Yeah. But, no, I like to see where you could leave it, or you could pick it up and keep going. And to see what you do over the long haul, you know? Yeah, they're all very individualized. Yeah, especially what we're talking about with Mission Impossible. They're doing what nobody else is doing. Like, they're doing 
one like, hey, man, do a different one each time. Die Hard didn't really, they had different directors, sure, but, you know, they're always trying to maintain a continuity. Yeah, I mean. Trying to do the same stuff. Some are, oh, like, fairly different, but they, yeah. but yeah. I feel like it's in spite of, not, not on purpose, right? Yeah, it's not on purpose. It's more just, that's what happened. That's how it shook out. That's just how we designed this particular movie. I don't, you know, we weren't trying to do it vastly different from one or two or three. It's just how it turned out. That's how we felt would serve as a story we're telling. Yeah. Yeah, my first impulse is to say, like, that's the takeaway. They're doing what nobody else is doing. That's what defines them, is that they're specifically trying to make each chapter different stylistically, and they're trying to make it cool. There aren't any bad ones. I'll say that right now. There isn't a single Mission yeah. Impossible movie where I'm like, nah, that one's a stinker. People talk about yeah. two like that, and I say, no way, man. No Watch way. it again. I Give it another it. shot. So good. I mean, just pay attention for a second. Get off it. You just... like the first one. It's different. Like, that's the point, man. So just try to enjoy what it is. Uh, and Fast and the Furious has a little bit of that, especially in the first three. Like, those three <laughs> movies are completely different from each other. When you Very different. But, you know, we're definitely going to talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. But for now, let's keep it about Mission Impossible. Uh, okay, if we must. That would be the, that would be the first takeaway. But I, uh, I think another major takeaway from the series is to, uh, I'm not sure exactly how to say this, but to embrace your concept. Okay. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. shy away from it, but you lean into it. And you, you try to see other franchises doing it. And for the large part, they are. You know what I mean? You yeah. find the core of what it is, and you roll with that. But I think Mission Impossible, I would put them up there in the top, you know, one or two, maybe three, that really nails this idea. They're like, it's called Mission Impossible, guys. Yeah. So even though we're trying to do something different stylistically, let's not forget what we're doing here. Yeah. You know, this is Mission Impossible. Yeah. Let's like, oh, let's, let's play it for real. You'll just strip it down bare bones it's like Jason Bourne or something and you're like no yeah I mean you could try to do that but and, and maybe it'd be good but yeah you you would be missing the point that's not what's uniquely suited for this series and this bunch of movies like you're it's in the title guys not that anybody said hey I'm gonna make a really low key Mission Impossible movie but leaning into that definitely is one of the, the high points of energy with this story and these movies they definitely lean into that they definitely try to chase what can we do that's just damn man how the hell are you gonna get out of that it's realistic but that's nuts he's climbing this gigantic mountain with no ropes like yeah. that's that's insane man or like he's underwater for like 10 minutes yeah. you know in the last one here and you're like this is crazy it's still believable though yeah you know they never violate that they keep with it it's just nuts it's not too ridiculous no it's just almost impossible but not quite <laughs> <laughs> We're just bumping up against that edge. And it's something that I think, you know, watching, uh, you know, at, uh, the, the later Bond movies, more recently, right? Like Spectre and Skyfall okay. and stuff. There are moments. Bond, I don't think, uh, those especially, I don't think they've gotten, like, too ridiculous or outside the concept. But, like, I don't know that they've really chased what makes it uniquely a James Bond movie. You know, like, these movies are definitely chasing what kind of stuff can we do that's unique to Ethan Hunt as a character and to this idea of doing things that, damn, that's going to be impossible. And I think the latter, you know, these more uh, recent Bond movies, they, they're like, hey, we're going to do cool choreographed action. We're going to do some really good-looking stuff. But you do look at some of those pieces and you're like, eh, I don't know that James Bond needed to be the guy here. I don't, need it, I don't know that this needed to be a 007 movie. It's not that specific of a style like what exactly yeah. does define a James Bond movie action wise and yeah that's right that's kind of a nebulous concept especially you know 20 movies in and it's sort of like which era are we talking about although I'm talking you know about the Daniel Craig stuff right now but yeah I mean I couldn't say off the top of my head what that style is yeah action wise it hasn't you know, necessarily you know drilled down to a core doesn't really have one where it's I mean you know you could you could definitely say like oh it's you know, it's about uh, bedding ladies and... Uh, fast cars, but, you know... You know I mean, yeah, but, like, fast, expensive cars. Like, yeah. it's different from Fast Furious, right? Like, it's it's stylish, but fast. Uh, it's posh, you know? I mean, it's Yeah, it's got that definite, like, upper-classy feel. But, tuxedos and stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, for the style, you need more than just tuxedos. Yeah, you, you know? <laughs> you definitely need more than aesthetics. Yeah, that's true. To be able to chase that idea at Mission Impossible, it sounds really vague. I mean, if you haven't seen the movies and you're listening to us talk right now, you're probably thinking, yeah. like, what exactly does that mean? What a Mission Impossible, impossible action? What are you talking about, man? That's so, that's so broad. It's so vague. Yeah, I guess that would sound like a pretty big 
in concept. Which, I mean, that's good. That means you can move around within it. Maybe that's why they ground it by doing some of the same stuff. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, really, as an identity, when you watch those movies, you know what it's about. Yeah. You know, I mean, I get what I might, what I expect to see. You just kind of push that limit of how much can he believably get away with. You know, could you hold on to the side of a plane while it takes off? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he just did it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think he's superhuman right now. I just think he's got huge balls. Yeah. So, giant cojones. That's it. How far can you push it? You keep the espionage stuff, and you keep the spy stuff, because that's what we do. You keep, you know, the heist element of, like, we're always sneaking in somewhere, we're always trying to steal something. Yeah, we're always trying to execute all these spy skills on, like, a high, high level. Yeah. You, know? you gotta have some fortress we're sneaking into and not getting cut. And that way, I mean, it's a little James Bond-esque in that he does stuff like that, or they have really big villains, you know, larger-than-life villains, which, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman in the third one. Yeah. Woo! (laughs) I love it. I love it. People were throwing a lot of criticism at him for being, you know, uh, a little too much of a caricature. But, I mean, you watch that performance, and you're like, come on. Great. Who's not loving this right now? Yeah. He's just dead eyes, man, the whole time. And Philip Seymour Hoffman, like, I mean... this isn't his character type. This isn't what he usually does. And he's like, put me in, coach. Let me show you something. <laughs> I'm like, you're, ma- you're, you're killing it right now, man. You're making this movie. Yeah. You're stealing the show. Yeah. Which the villains, you know, from the first one and the second one, they weren't so prominent. They weren't so... They nah. were scene stealers, you know. They were the bad guys. Yeah, but like... They were here, and if you've seen it, you kind of know. You kind of remember them if you saw them, but not on this scale. They weren't They weren't playing on a stage this big. No. You know, that, that's actually something, I guess, moving forward. I'd like to see, maybe, from Mission Impossible. The only problem would be it's not something they've really been doing too much. But, like, that would be cool to get some kind of supervillain-esque taste to our antagonist next time out. Just go bigger? Yeah. Go, but, and, like, I mean, more... Ghost Protocol is pretty big, right? Like, he's well, watching that nuke. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, like, the stakes are really high. Like, they're, it's a broad scope. Like, we got some big stuff going on in that movie, but, but I, I just, I mean more like uh, personal antagonism. Like, the villain is someone you walk away with that you're like, hey, oh, super villain status. Okay, you're, and you're not, talking more theatrical. You're talking yes. more like uh, you want the Joker yeah. to be in Mission Impossible. He's, <laughs> in got, he's, got, he's got Lex Luthor, an arch nemesis. Yeah, now. which arguably, yes, would like, how's that make sense? We haven't really been doing anything that would like, yeah. you know, lend itself to that level of like personal antagonism or like you know corresponding if he's this big a hero who's the response on the villainy side mm-hmm. you know it's not really though that's not really the type of stories they've been doing oh we can but, do it i mean you're going into six and you're just gonna try to do something different right it's like, pretty hey, sick it's go time let's do that get a taste of the super heroic theatrics that'd be yeah. pretty sick i'd that like was, to see that that would be a good direction to take it yeah yeah you know, so, I mean, I, I was saying, that's what I thought my takeaway was. You know, after watching the series, I would say the takeaway is the different styles and really leaning into the idea, the concept of what the series is. But what about you? I mean, what do you what do you walk away with? Yeah, I mean, I definitely would go that way. But uh, I think something else that strikes me is um, fairly unique and, uh, and just, like, applauding worthy is uh, that in a lot of these stories, we got quite a few, like, uh, former disavowed agents. You know, and that makes sense. You're going to run into that a lot, you know, in like espionage type stories. I think that's something that Mission Impossible does really well. Because they do it in multiple movies. And I never sit there and go, ah, come on, it's 005 again. We're like, oh, it's, uh, you know, a former MI6 guy or former IMF. Come on, guys. It's like, no, they, they pull it off really well. And it makes sense. You, you know, occasionally you're going to dip into other, you know, disavowed or disgraced people because they got the skill set. And they're out there in the wind, but you know them from your time as an agent. It's something I feel like they've done very well. That, like, it definitely would be part of that world, and it never seems fatigued. So what exactly is, is the takeaway? How well they did it? Or the fact that they did it? Or, like, they keep hitting the same note? No, I, I think it's how well they did it. That they did it several times in the series, and I never, until I really thought about it, it never bothered me. It never was like, hey, because, you know, you're doing espionage spy stories over and over. We've done five of them now, with the same-ish crew, same character, at least the main guy. And, like, you figure, you know, kind of like with James Bond, you know, like, oh, don't repeat yourself. Like, oh, you know, come on. You know, and like they're, you know, they're sitting there going, well, you know, there's too many of them. How do you, you know, it's unfair. Like it's a 20 some odd movie series versus five. But still, like it's five is kind of a lot to be doing, especially movies. 
It's not built like a show. They're not building it with like, you know, 22 hours of content that's like delving into one mystery or problem and then another one next season. Like they're two hour-ish chunks of story. You can only do so much in that amount of time. So you're telling a lot of stories that circle around like, you know, stopping this bad thing from happening or chasing the rabbit's foot or, you know, exposing who the traitor is. Mm -hmm. But they did a really good job of never making me feel like we've done this crap before. Stop wasting my time. That's actually a really good point with the stuff we were saying before about the different stunts that are kind of the same. And I think that's yeah. a really good takeaway for Mission Impossible that they've been able to do the same stuff, but it doesn't seem like they're repeating themselves in a bad way, in an annoying way. Yeah. Or in a like, ah, come on, uninspired way. No, it's more like that's what uh. you want to see. And when they do it, and they do it well, it is an impressive feat to show me the same thing from a different perspective and have me equally or more excited as I was last time. Yeah. That's that's actually a really good point to make yeah, right? what they do that other people don't necessarily have pulled up. Yeah. That's a Mission Impossible thing. Like with Terminator, right? Like they just kind of find a way to have one of the characters say come with me if you want to live. And it's like ah, yeah. don't, the same freaking sentence. It doesn't work the same way. They're just they're trying to do it, but it's not the same. You know what the one I liked Mission though? Doing it. Mm. In, uh, in Terminator Salvation, which is not, you know, fantastic in that series. Pieces. And good pieces. Pieces, you know, but not like the execution's not great. Yeah. But uh, Con John Connor's gonna go off and do some stuff, and his lady's like, "What do you want me to tell your guys? You know, to leave him behind here, guy, because he's probably gonna die." Uh -huh. And he's like, "What do you want him? What do you want me to tell them for you?" I'll be back. <laughs> and it was like, ah, I didn't quite see that coming. Well done. That, yeah, and it's, an the, it's a different character. Yeah, he means it's the same line, but he's doing it in a new way that makes sense, and it's that works. Sort of like Mission Impossible. You you evolved it, you shifted it, you changed it around, but still hit that key. And it's also Mission Impossible isn't trying to repeat the same piece of dialogue. <laughs> no. That wasn't even a big deal in the first of that, you know, when, they, when he said it in the movie. The yeah. first time around, it was like it just kind of became famous after the fact just one of those lines that really stood out <laughs> it is like, like stop saying it unless it works <laughs> yeah like in, in, in the first mission impossible he, he's sitting in that uh, uh i think it was a restaurant right it had like big fish tanks yeah he uses the one he blows up to blow it up yeah yeah but in that conversation when he's starting to put together the pieces like this guy's a scumbag yeah and he says uh you know the guy says something like you know don't get mad or whatever ethan i can understand you're very upset kittredge you've never seen me very upset It'd be like if they tried to say that line in all of them, like he's the Hulk. He keeps dropping that line. Yeah. He's like, hey, Big Rames, you haven't seen me angry. And he's like, take a seat, Ethan. Stop saying that all the time. Stop telling everybody you're, you're like, really angry or not. Calm down. No, it's the same basic idea of a, you know, high-risk stunt. And we're going to do it different, but the same. And that, that is a really good takeaway. I mean, uh, I got to agree with you there. I didn't think about yeah. that. Something they uniquely do well. Yeah. If you want to do it in your series, and you're like... Look at Mission Impossible. This is how you do that. Yeah, hit those same like leap motifs, you know, like hit that same theme, but with different instrumentation. You know, give me a different arrangement. Yeah. So yeah, you hit me in my core where I wanted that, but it's not the same thing. It's not the exact same, you know, chorus. Yeah, they do that really well, especially with the theme song. You know, the Mission Impossible yeah. theme song in the fourth one when Ethan, you know, is like, cue the music. <laughs> oh man, in that fourth yeah. one, I liked the like, fuse. You didn't see that. Bum, he's bum, like, bum, bum, bum. Light the fuse, and it makes sense in the confines of the story. You're just like, light the fuse. That's Mission Impossible. So good. It's saying, light the fuse, but he's talking about a real fuse. But then, boom. Yeah. Opening credits. Oh, it's so good. You know, I wish James Bond had some of that energy leading into those really extravagant opening themes. Yeah, it would be great, right? I mean, you couldn't do it every time, but like Mission Impossible 4, you could, bam, you could smash it. And everybody's like, yeah, here's the music! Just try to integrate it into the story. Like, if you did, we keep talking about not Mission Impossible right now. Yeah, but like, context. for, you know, if you were to do, like, an opening sequence for a James Bond movie and, like, do it in the confines of the story, that'd be really cool. They always cut away and they got all the weird imagery and stuff, you know, yeah. the ladies falling from the sky, and like, weird, <laughs> yeah. you know. Oh man, the Spectre imagery. one's really weird. I haven't seen Spectre yet, I gotta get on that, but... A lot of octopus tentacles. You know, yeah, stuff like that. Like, You're like, I can't believe I'm looking at this. You know, it's all super, 
I don't know, you'd call it technicolored 70s lava lamp aesthetic going on. It does, it does. It does have a bit of that 70s energy. Which I like it. That is the one thing that James Bond has where I would say, what's James Bond style? Extravagant opening credits yeah. that hasn't really changed since the first one. So it goes all the way back like 30 years ago. Yeah. And it still looks that same. I'm like, I'm glad you guys keep that. I like that. But it would be cool to see it evolve or change. Same, but different. And like, do the opening five minutes of the movie is the opening credits. It's just kind of like a music Oh, oh, that'd be sick. But it's not a deviation from the story. Like, that is. That's the first five minutes. Yeah, it's just James Bond. Part of the story. An extravagant party, you know, and, and shit gets crazy and, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But, like, experiment with it. That's what Mission Impossible's doing. We gotta use these pieces, but let's do some other stuff. We've never had Ethan actually say, like, the fuse. Like, that's really... <laughs> the energy just leads right in and you get super amped. Oh, like, we're five minutes into this movie. And you're just like, yes. Yes. I'm excited now. You got me. Way to go, guys. And the opening of that flick is so strong already that when he does yeah. that and that song hits, you're just like, yes. Kick it off. Mission Impossible. Kind of like, you know, the second one, he gets to the top. He's climbing up the crazy mountain. He gets yeah. to the top. He gets his mission. <laughs> then he throws his glasses at the camera. And they bring and like, explode your nuts. face. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. good. He's going to self-destruct in 10 seconds. They drop his face and throw it into the camera. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. No, man, that's awesome. No, that's Mission Impossible. That's great. You nailed it. <laughs> it's so good. That's how awesome we do. Don't worry about it. Mission Impossible. It is. That's another thing that that series has, is that, and I, uh, maybe there's some in the first one, but especially starting with two, you've got very, like, uh, uh, not practiced, but, like, very elegant action moves. You've got, like, and maybe this primarily Ethan Hunt and Tom Cruise as just, like, moving. But, like, you know, you know, yes, it does go to the first one. Because when he's hanging from that rope trying to get that knock list, he's moving like a gymnast. He's moving like a Cirque du Soleil performer. Acrobat. Yeah. And then in two, he's got, like, these these spinning moves with and without guns. Like, yeah, there's a moment before Naya shoots the virus into her own bloodstream. They're in, like, uh, you know, biocide or something. They're in the building, and everybody's getting shot up and stuff. She shot herself up, and, and he spins from, like, the oh, yeah. corner of a, of a, you know, whatever, tanks of whatever the hell. And he's, he does, like, a full 360 and then faces her to be like, why'd you do that? Or what'd you do? What do you think you were doing? I wasn't thinking. And it's just, it's it's not necessary, but it's awesome. It's beautiful. It's so cool. It's like ballet. Yeah, it's, it, and that that's suffused in this entire, into the, like, every moment of this movie. Mm. Like, the two cars chasing each other and then spinning <sighs> around each other in slow-mo while the wind whips their hair as they look at yeah. each other. Like, it's it's like, what? How would this, you know what would have to happen for this to, like, actually occur? It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It's Mission Impossible. This could happen. It's beautiful. I, uh, I agree. I mean, it makes me think when they're keeping stuff and they're keeping it moving forward like yeah we're gonna keep this element we're gonna keep that element like now that we're talking about it it is like you've got like five or six things to pick from here you know you got the big jumps and that the stunts we've yeah. already talked about you know the big climbs and you know the yeah. masks and this and that yeah. but like you also have the smaller things like the agility of yeah. the hunt. like nobody you might not really notice it in the first couple of times but like just in the last one here in Rogue Nation like they kept it a lot you know when he's when he's handcuffed to the pipe yeah. he's able to lift himself up and then throw himself off of it. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, that was awesome. Or they're, 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 they're backstage at the big theater, you know, and he's yeah. jumping between the scaffolding. Like, yeah. And you're like, this is his style physically. And, you know, say one, two, or three, you wouldn't necessarily notice it, but it's been there. And it's, it's just keeping the track. Time. The meticulous, like, this is what we do. Or bringing back the motorcycles from two. Or like, yeah. you know, car chases isn't really a Mission Impossible thing. Motorcycles, though, ah. for some reason that is. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Go. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Two, so bring it back. There are some car chases. Sure, but that's not like I got a Mission it in two. Impossible we got thing. a little bit in uh, in five. Like, yeah, it's it's not as core a Mission Impossible thing, but like, you know, it's it is there a little bit. They've tapped enough things that when you like, hey, let's do that again. It's like, well, I mean, there's five, six, maybe seven different things that we do each movie. So like, uh, it's a rotating wheel of you know the way of keeping it fresh, and it's not you notice like, oh yeah, he does make a big jump every movie. You know, like you don't really think about it. Why? 
like, yeah. watching it. After the fact, like, oh, of course. I'm like, oh, yeah. Ah, I forgot he does this. But building <laughs> in the, to that identity, you know, that when you're when you're building out this franchise, just keep stacking on more things as you move forward. So when you've played out one, you can drop it. We're moving on. We're not doing that anymore. We did it five times already. Yeah. We're going to roll with the ones you've only done like two or three times. Yeah. Which is, again, a part of their, you know, they, they do seem to pay a lot of attention to their evolution. Mm. They're, you know, respecting the kind of things that made it a core, a core piece of what you responded to as an audience. But if we can't evolve it, let's not do it. Or let's evolve and change enough that this is something new. Mm. This is definitely something you like. It's not the same thing again. So, uh, so is there anything you'd say is missing? Anything you would want out of that Mission Impossible series so far that you don't really have? So far, I mean, it's not done yet, so I can't really say. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, it's not a criticism okay. to say that it's missing, and I wouldn't necessarily want them to do it, but okay. when you think about it, you know very little about Ethan Hunt. Yeah, that's true. As a person, like how he grew up, <laughs> where he comes from, how he became an agent, like all of his backstory and all of his history, yeah. I don't really want to know, <laughs> but it is a noticeable thing that is missing, that like he's a super agent and all of that, but like any idea where he came from. Who his yeah. parents were, yeah. any of that kind of personal stuff. They've done five movies and they don't really touch it. He had a wife, but yeah, well, we met her in three, and then you know yeah. we see her briefly <laughs> in four, and, and their entire relationship began off screen in yeah. the movies, and then it ended <laughs> off screen. You know, like yeah, kinda, yeah. You're keeping it away from his personal life or his relationship. You know, with Carrie Russell in the third one. Like, yeah, they touch a little bit on it, but it's like, hey, they knew each other. They were like mentor and mentee for a while. Yeah, because we skipped over so much time between two and three here. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can make the James Bond comparison a little bit even though recently they did some stuff to talk about his history. Yeah, this guy fall dug deeper and stuff, but you know, not too much but some. So, you know, I mean, for Mission Impossible, it is noticeable to say, like, what do you know about this guy? Like, absolutely nothing, man. About I don't know about <laughs> him. I know him. I know the character. Yeah. But, you know, you barely know anything about him. So, I mean, you could say that that's missing and stuff they could explore especially if he's got an arch nemesis in six or something. Exactly, you know, that's what I was gonna say. You, you know what, all of this would be good fun for, <laughs> you know, setting up some kind of arch villain. That'd be great. So, I mean, it, it, it's not necessarily what's missing. It's just kind of untapped juice, untapped potential. But I also kind of like not knowing that much about him, because that does make it a little Mission Impossible style, you know? I mean, other franchises yeah. like that, I feel like I know everything. I know all the stuff. You know, you know them so well, because you dive into the character as they've been the lead for, you know, five movies, six movies, seven movies, however many it's been. Yeah. With Mission Impossible, they're like, ah, man, it's about the missions. It's about what he does, not yeah. about who he is or who he was before this. You know, yeah, it doesn't really he didn't matter. exist before this, man. Yeah, and that's fine. So I kind of like it, but it is untapped juice. It is some potential there, not just for him, but like the team as well. You know, these guys that oh yeah keep maintaining like Bing Rams, and they're like, we don't know nothing about this guy either, man. I mean, yeah, not really. What's his personal life look like? No idea. So I mean, that's an opportunity to to get personal yeah. more so than the series already has. They get personal, they do, but you can dig deep. You know, yeah, everybody's got a moment. moment you know. <laughs> True, yeah. You could, you could. It'd so be a delicate balance. You know, I mean, yeah, but something. Because you would have to maintain, I mean, definitely a big aspect of these movies is that, like, they spend a lot of the time that you would commonly spend on character work and other plot elements. They devote a good chunk of that time to stunts, to action, to entire set pieces. Mm -hmm. and, and the dynamic between the characters. So, like, you know them, you just don't know anything about them. Yeah, you, you know, know them moment to moment. But yes, you don't fine. know their history. That is fine. You know, you yeah. could do it. And that would be an interesting direction to go moving forward. I'd like to see it. I mean, do you think Ethan Hunt is his real name? Ah, uh, you know, I don't know. See, the fact that we don't know is, like, this is potential here. This is an opportunity. I is like... It, I mean, it could be his real name, sure. Yeah. Maybe it's not. I like not at both. all. I know? like both ways. They're like, yeah, it yeah. is. And no, it's not. Like, because it would be a liability. But he also doesn't go by his real name when he's out in the field. It's not like James Bond. Like, he doesn't walk around with people in the street asking people to call him Ethan. No, he's, he's really... Talk to people. But like his wife called him Ethan. You know, you think he was maintaining yeah. the lie if it is a lie? Or that's well, just he spent his real most name. of that movie. She had no idea yeah. he was a secret agent. It's like, no, that's my real name. I changed it when I became an agent. Yeah. But that is a real name. You know, that's how little we know. So I mean that's yeah. it's a it's a story thread that's definitely missing from the series. I don't necessarily want you to see I don't want to see you pull that thread. Yeah, and I, I, I'd be interested. But I wouldn't be against it if you did it, you know, so yeah. spend uh spend a movie doing it. Now, if you do it well, it'll be great. And again, then I get what I feel is missing, but only in a, you know, in the softest of sense, an arch villain. Mm. 
Right. I want to see that theatricality. I want to see that personalness a little bit. It doesn't have to be super personal. Again, these movies don't really tread on, like, deep personal stuff. But it would be cool. More of a supervillain-esque feel to the antagonist, to the main obstacle here, the main villain. Are you saying that's what's missing? Yeah, I feel yeah, like, you know... Because I really liked Philip Seymour Hoffman in the third one, man. Well, he was good. As, like, a supervillain. I really liked him. Yeah, I mean... I liked it, the guy in four, too. He was pretty good. Yeah. You know, big plans, man. Launching nukes. Yeah, I mean, he had a lot of... Yeah, I guess. Deal, you know. I just... I mean, I don't necessarily need anybody to, like, put on a costume, but, like, I would like some more... I don't know. Like, I guess Philip Seymour Hoffman is the closest to what I'm going for. They could go bigger, though. Yeah. I mean, they could go more James Bondy if they wanted to. I don't necessarily want to see him petting a white cat, you know? I don't... Yeah, I don't... I don't need Dr. Evil or any of his, you know, reference. But you could go more, like, you know, global domination type of madman, you know? I'd like to see a psychopath, just a straight madman. Okay, yeah, you do that right. That could be cool. I guess that's what I'd say is missing for me, maybe. And it's and it's a it's a soft ask. I don't necessarily need it. I'm not like I'm not saying any of these movies are bad because they didn't have this. But I would. I'd be definitely interested in seeing them explore it as they move forward. Mm. So let, let's let's hit it. Best and favorite. Which one do you think is the best one? <sighs> so far, one to five. So far. That's tough. Because they're so different, it's hard to compare them. Like, which one is, you know, better? Two or three? You're like, uh, four compared to five. I'm about to think for a second. Why don't you slap me with what you think? All right, you're best for me. Um, Honestly, I I like them all a lot. I'm actually not so hot on the first one. It's solid, it's good, but I I like all of the rest of them more. (laughs) But um, for best, I feel like it's a tie between Rogue Nation and Ghost Protocol. Really? So five and four, but I think if I had to choose between the two, I'm gonna go four. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna go Ghost Protocol. Interesting. Yeah. I was just thinking, I think it's a tie between three and four. <laughs> I just, I really like what Abrams did with three. I really like the way that he leaned into it and coming off all the alias stuff that he did and kind of how he got that gig because Tom Cruise was like, I'm watching this alias show. This is some really good spy stuff. I liked him bringing that mentality into three. Yeah. And I liked the super heroics. I liked the crazy villain of Philip Seymour Hoffman, the rabbit's foot. Yeah. And how it's just, it's, it, it feels like Mission Impossible, but not the way that the first one did. Because yeah. I'm also not too hot on the first one. It's probably my least favorite one. Yeah, right. You know, I would say three or four. I really liked what Brad Bird was doing in the fourth one. Yeah. I liked the way he kicked it up. I liked to see Ethan Hunt trying to have a normal life, and then he gave it up and came back to this. Yeah. And, you know, and the Kremlin's getting blown up. And, yeah. and to see them go, like, black ops, like, under the radar type stuff. And I, yeah. It's a big it's, part it's, of what I like. Yeah. It's tough to say. Like, and five was really good, too. And I mean, all of I like all of them. I already said this, but they're all solid. There's yeah. no obvious worst one. There's no obvious best one, which is always good. Yeah. But I, I am leaning three or four. And so if we take a consensus here, it sounds like four. Yeah. I think we both can agree that four might be the best one. Yeah. I think so. I think it's solid enough. If three had been, I guess originally David Fincher was going to direct. I, I still want to see that Fincher version. Uh, that'd be great. I would watch the hell out of a Mission Impossible David Fincher movie. And then they worked on it for a while, and like he dropped out of her creative differences and then they were gonna go Joe Carnahan oh yeah and he worked on it for like over a year and then same thing creative differences come on guys and then Tom Cruise been watched like the first two seasons of Alias called in JJ and he was like yeah let's do this and then we got what we got which I think is very very good but I think between those two yeah I think four is stronger just like I think five as good as it is I got this might be a petty point to pick on you know there's that uh, that uh, scene where he goes into the music shop and he's in a little listening booth Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you expect him to get his mission, but it's actually revealing that the syndicate knows that you're onto them, sucker. Yeah. And they're coming for you. And then they gas him. Yeah. And he's slamming on the glass, and it's like, well, he's Ethan Hunt. Of course he's going to get out of here. Yeah, he's got some exploding gum or something, you know? Yeah, he's got exploding gum. He's got, like, you know, uh, a laser knife on his boot. Or, you know, a regular knife that breaks glass. I don't know. <laughs> doesn't have to be a laser. Sure. But, like, but he, he's going to get out of this. How is he not planned for stuck in a booth? And then, no, he actually gets gassed, and he's... Unconscious, and he wakes up somewhere, which he's entirely lucky because yeah. why didn't they just kill him? Yeah, like I mean, a lot of how he survives is luck. You know? Yeah, so I mean, I don't have a big problem with it because he did get a little soft and he got goosed. You know, <laughs> I mean, I kind of like to see him. He did get goosed. It kind of reestablishes the stakes here that like he is Ethan Hunt. We're into the 
the fifth one now, and you kind of start to think of him like he's MacGyver and James Bond and Inspector Gadget all put together, and you're like, okay, <laughs> hold on, he just came into a music shop, you know, and like you got him. Yeah, he knew something he was up, though. You know, yeah, but you know, they got him, and I, I feel the same way a little bit. I guess. In the, in the fourth one here in Ghost Protocol. Yeah. You know, with the uh, with the sandstorm. Uh, you know, you remember this? And I was like, that's a little convenient. Yeah. But it's also like that the no, sandstorm existed, but it was there. And then it just hits right now, and it was like, oh, we're gonna up the stakes yeah. a little bit. Like a sandstorm just randomly. It's like a tornado just hits, and you're like, <laughs> uh, you're like, no, it's quite common. And we did layer it in that it's coming. It's just bad timing. It's bad luck. Yeah. I was like, yeah, but I'm a little like. That's a little inconvenient. I mean, they did do a lot to try and earn it. Like, they did set it up well before it occurs, but... That's why it's a nitpick, you know? I mean, like, uh, I'm good. But I I did notice, like, "Mm, all right, like, they got him. He's he's completely unprepared. He boosted him. (laughs) Ethan Hunt, that's how you take him down. Yeah, I I mean, I guess... Yeah. Because I'm just sitting there going, of course he'll get out, and he doesn't, and I'm like, you could have died. That was so stupid of you. Like, (laughs) you you should be dead. That's the Ethan Hunt story, man. You should be dead, but you're not. But, like... But I think I think a, a unique aspect of any time he is in trouble and he sort of gets out of it by the skin of his teeth, it's a combination of skill and luck. And in that, it's just luck that the bad guys didn't want you dead in that moment. Yeah. Instead, they wanted to capture you and bring you to a new location. And so they just tranked you. It's like, but if they wanted you dead, they could have just poisoned you and you would be dead. It's like, yeah. oh, how are you not better prepared? Like, they still could have got him, right? He still could have gotten tranked. He still, I just would have liked to have seen him break out of that box and still get goosed or something. He gets out, but he's still got gas, so he passes out. Yeah, like, I want a, an, an increased level of confidence see it in display. You know, like, I wanted him to show I'm still Ethan Hunt, I'm a badass, you can't get me with just a box full of gas, guys. I can do, I can get out of this in my sleep. But he still gets bested because, you know, layer two or three of the plan still worked. Mm. He steps out of the thing and he steps on a syringe full of, you know, steps drink. It's a drink yeah, dart. But Acme just... rocket just hits him in the back. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> uh, you know, it, and it's a nitpick, I understand, right? It's a, it's, it's slight. It's but slight. I just, when he wakes up chained up to that pole, I was just like, you're so lucky to be alive, you idiots. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, uh, like I was saying, I felt that way about the fourth one. Like, it's a little convenient. The sandstorm's a little convenient. But I also don't mind, and I really like them driving through that sandstorm. So it's like... Ah, some good stuff. I really like the set piece. I like the stunts. We're in the environment. It makes sense. These are pretty common, you know? So, I mean, yeah, do it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, so best we're going it sounds like we're both saying four I'll say four as a film onto itself but it's also got three movies setting it up and yeah. so I mean you've got all that momentum moving forward so yeah. it's a little unfair to the other ones but yeah I'd say four Ghost Protocol alright what's your fave two two <laughs> I have to think about it it's uh, not the best we already established that yeah it's we're not. arguing between three four and five which one's the best nobody's talking about one or two two's my favorite though man 100% 100% I'm going two as well of course it's, you are. It's so good. It's just, I saw it in the theater, people cheered. Yeah. You know, just... like, hearing that, like, 2 didn't do very well and people didn't like it. I'm like, who? <laughs> who didn't like this movie? I mean, who didn't think this was awesome? What kind of non-person is this? I, don't, I, don't, I didn't meet a single guy who hated that movie. I've never talked to somebody who says, nah, 2 sucks. I tell them, 2's my favorite, and they're like, that makes sense. <laughs> so where's all this hate coming from? I don't understand it. It's also like, it just sounds like you didn't appreciate it. You just couldn't get on board with what they were doing so you rejected it or you thought it was silly or you thought it was this or that I think it was great I think it was the most Mission Impossible movie that they've made it's the most exaggerated but it's not ridiculous yeah it's just you're living up to that title it's relishing in the concept yeah it is a big departure from the first one true the TV show and everything Mission Impossible had been up until that point that's probably why I liked it so much (laughs) because you you're making do on that that guarantee that we're gonna have a different director doing a different version yeah like that's that's the biggest different version i've seen it stands out from all of them as the most stylized the most particular yeah. for that i'm gonna say it's my favorite yeah and again you know animals if you're confused about the style cubby what's that look like in expression what does that look like practically speaking 
Take a look at this flick. Take a look at the first one. Watch this. Watch the rest. And notice just how different you could do this, but keep your characters, keep your general world, keep your core concept as an idea of like, what kind of stories are we doing here? Like, this is how you would execute on that. Look at how much he's layered in this sensuality, in the way that he shoots it, in the color scheme, in the palette, in the way he has these people move, in how often and in what ways he uses the difference in time. He, he uses a lot of slow-mo. And yes, that's what something John Woo does in general. But here, notice what effect it has. Notice how it plugs you in to the emotionality. Notice how the music heightens all that emotionality. You know, they've got Ethan Hunt and Naya, they barely know each other. But you've got this almost grand, romantic sense about them. You've got this almost destiny-type feeling over, like, her shooting that virus into herself. And repeatedly being like, maybe you have to kill me in order for other people not to die because this plague will get out. I'll get sick. Everybody else dies. I can't let that happen. I'm gonna throw myself off a cliff. It almost feels Romeo and Juliet-ish. Not in the sense that they're so, like, you know, in love with each other, they'll fight the world, but just this grand sense of responsibility of the, the high stakes and just epic scope of what they've involved themselves in. All of these play into the style, how he shoots it, what he has them do, the type of story you're telling, the fact that it's so lean with its plot and it's the character moments happen, they come, but they're all in service of like, what action are we doing? What is the actual fueled motivation in, in combat here? How do we get to the beach and have him fight this guy by jumping off a motorcycle and beating his ass? It's all wrapped up in style, it's fantastic. So, all right, it looks like we got our, our best. That's number four. We got our fave, number two. Woohoo! All right, well, you know, I'm sure we'll come back to this at some point. Maybe talk about all these movies in, uh, in turn. Maybe not, Animals, who knows? But, uh, you know, let's leave it at that, guys. Yeah, let's wrap this up. You got anything to throw in our bony faces? Go ahead and, uh, hit us up on that email. Bonesbros at storyshamans.tv. Float yourselves on by the website, storyshamans.tv. Check out the blog, check out the videos if you haven't watched them. That's strange. Go back and watch those guys before you uh, listen to this. I mean, you could. You're gonna learn something up in your brain parts, but, you know, hit those videos. Get all that up in your, you know, up in your body, animals. Get in your blood. And we're gonna see you next time in the Bones Cave. Bones Cave.